Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! To the folks, Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the door, ready to make an entrance. So back on up, cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Too low depth, make us so we're crazy. Death Row is the label that pays, man. Unfatable, so please don't try to fake this. All right, we're back. Another uh, on phone conversation yeah i'm sorry i just i'm just i just got back from anaheim wait so nothing but a g thing how come we never incorporated that more into our lives <laughs> that's true that's so bizarre that i mean had, had, had anyone ever like broached the subject with you before no i don't even think they have that should be like your ringtone <laughs> inner sandman will never leave my ringtone that's true. There, there's never, there's never an awkward enough moment when you're standing alone with Jason in the silence to hear his phone ring with "Enter Sandman" by Metallica. <laughs> there's, there's no mistaking whose it is either. It gets me pumped to answer it. <laughs> um, so, uh, where, where have you been? I, I was covering D23 down in Anaheim. Um, Which for those that don't know. D23 is uh, a Disney convention that they hold every two years where they announce all the big things coming up and generally just sell a shit ton of merchandise for a shit ton of money to people who probably can't afford it. Cool. They, so what did you... It, uh, what it's, you... Pretty, it's pretty tough when you see it out there how much money people are spending. But people love it, man. Disney, you you see Disney, and you're like, that place, people, that place puts some feelings into some people. They, you know, that's church for some people. And what uh, what what type of things did you see? Um, well, I have to sign an NDA because the company I'm working for is very strict. They may or may not be involved in um throwing uh, uh holding the event and they may or may not have a giant mouse as their um as their mascot so i don't want to get too much so you can't the... tell us if uh daisy ridley is luke uh luke's daughter well okay so we'll just get into that so what i say <laughs> is most most everything that i that i saw or did that's interesting i can talk about i think but anything that like is talking about work is probably better, which is nothing that anyone would ever want to hear anyway. Um, apparently, because I, I face-planted at some point, that was the story. Uh, but no, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, not kidding, but it really did happen. But, but anyway. Um, no, so the big announce... So there's two, two things, like... You know, they announced the new Star Wars like land, what's going to happen there. And that's it's pretty cool, you know. They're, oh, Disneyland's yeah. now going to have Star Wars Land, and so is uh, so is Disney World. Um, but Disney World, they announced, is going to have a Star Wars hotel, so you can just go. I don't know the full details because I haven't seen the footage. This was, this was released to the media. 
that they're going to have a like Star Wars hotel where you can just go like live on like a planet or on a ship. I don't know what the experience is going to be like, but I got to tell you, that's pretty cool. So you, any person who dresses up like a stormtrooper as a day-to-day basis is going to feel welcome there? I think that I would imagine that if that's like that's how the staff is going to be dressed. Oh God, that would be awful. You think that'd be awful? I think it'd be fun to be dressed up as a stormtrooper every day no, and deal with fucking no, pain in the ass people. Hotel where everyone's dressed up as a stormtrooper. Sure. Uh, Go out to the pool, order a drink. A stormtrooper brings you know. Uh, Job of the huts like hanging out in the pool. Yeah, I don't know the full details, but I was like, God, you know, if you're a kid, that's pretty pretty awesome. But you know it's going to be full of people our age that can't let go of Star Wars. Um, so did you see the Mary Poppins thing? Yeah, so let's get into that. So I, I made it into the big um, D23 hall, it's called, or Hall D23, which is their version of Hall H, for those of you familiar with comic-con it's like where they have their big announcements and disney does it like apple style where they have like uh a tim cook uh kind of guy like you know like who stands all the time and just kind of delivers like the state of the union of what's going on and they did this particular one they went over all of their movies coming out and um so their, you know, their properties that they're announcing were their Disney movies coming out, their new Star Wars stuff, and Marvel. And so, you know, of those three things, what would you be most looking forward to? Uh, in terms of Marvel stuff and Spider- Marvel, Star Wars, or just regular Disney movies? Uh, probably the Marvel stuff. Okay. Interesting. That's that seems to be so. They were the they were the closer. Okay. And I thought for sure Star Wars would be the closer, but I'm going to tell you personally, and this is an argument between lots of people. Uh, I thought by far the best was the Disney original stuff. Okay. Well, so they opened the- with that. They did. Um, I kind of missed the beginning. They announced this Nutcracker movie, which I don't get. But then they did the Mary Poppins. Yeah, and- I think Kira Knightley's in the Nutcracker. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think I was looking forward to Mary Poppins, but watching some of the images, like they showed her coming down from the kite and like, I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Um, you're also in a room full of 7,000 people who would think everything is the greatest thing. So that (laughs) kind of pushes your opinion, but I like the casting, Emily Blunt. Right. Uh, I think, uh, was it Angela Lansbury? Who, who played, uh. Uh, Mary um, Poppins? Um, this is really um, really embarrassing. Uh, what's her name? Julie Andrews. Yeah, she's in it, I think. Nick Van Dyke's in it. Okay. Um, he's, you know, but Lin-Manuel plays a Dick Van Dyke role. Ch- chimney Sweeper? Yeah. Uh, then they showed, um, to me, the best thing of the entire um the entire show was well before that they announced that new Aladdin's going to have Will Smith and all that stuff um but then they showed the trailer for the new um Lion King live action movie and I was getting emotional 
Uh, yeah, it's directed by John Favreau, right? Yeah, he came out to announce it, and it's the trailer is a shot-for-shot shot trailer of the cartoon version where the monkey holds Simba up to everybody. Nice. And dude, it's like it was something. All that right. was a moment. That was a moment. Well, Jungle Book was pretty awesome. So I'm yeah, sure I'm with you. I was just, but I was surprised because I was most looking forward to Star Wars, which was next. And they just showed a behind the scenes reel, like a seven minute, like behind the scenes making the new Star Wars. Um, yeah. Every cast member that came out said the same thing, which is. I can't believe that this is the story that we're doing, but it works, you know, like, cause I guess it's uh, a different kind of darker tale. So that makes me kind of excited for it. So are people just going nuts when the star Wars shit's going on? No, because it's just, like I said, it's a seven minute behind the scenes reel. You can see it. They released that to the public. Oh, okay. I'm going to watch that. There was no, there's no new trailer or anything. It was just that. Yeah. There's a, uh, it's, it's, it's out there. Uh, and then Marvel came on and they brought out one by one, like 16, um, of their people. Avengers. Yeah. They all just kept coming one by one. It's like, so they bring out Josh Brolin who's the bad guy. Right. And they're like, they're like, Oh, now welcome Paul Bettany. And, um, uh, what's her name? Which I still Coulson. don't understand, uh, Paul Bettany's character. He's like two different characters. Um, it, meanwhile, everybody I'm there with is like sick on Marvel. Like they all love this stuff. And I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I realize how much I don't know about comic book movies every time I work with these guys because they love that stuff. So who was the final Captain America? No, he wasn't there. So that's what I was going to ask you. If you have everybody up there, who do you think the alpha is? Well, definitely Robert Downey Jr., Definitely Robert Downey Jr. took over as soon as he got on stage. Yeah. You know. But uh, there's a rumor. There's a rumor that, you know, he's going to die in this movie. That's what everybody was kind of starting to think. Because, was uh, I mean, we'll talk about Spider-Man in a minute, but they're saying that Spider-Man, they showed this in the movie, they kind of showed, uh, not a spoiler, but they showed a Spider-Man suit uh, that was kind of like Iron Man type. Okay. Like a prototype, and you're just like, oh, okay, so this is going to lead to something, you know? Right. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't know what I can say. I, I, I'm pretty sure that people have been talking about what they saw. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure if you go to that Ain't It Cool News website and everything, all this shit's on there. People were losing their minds. I walked out of that, and... Um, was a Spider-Man kid there? Yeah, he showed up. Um, he, I walked out of there, and I like we had an interview at the Marvel booth with someone, and um, this guy. Well, I guess this whole thing is online. I'm looking at. I guess the trailer is online. This guy like stopped me. He was like freaked out. He was like totally bugging out, and I was like, "What's up?" And he's like, "Dude." Did you see that so and so threw a moon and third and then they kind of, uh, then someone's like, no man, he threw a planet. They all start arguing about it. I'm like, I can't. I don't know. Um, I don't really like the idea of someone throwing planets, so I might be out. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they, they one by one, like they all came up, 
Chris Hemsworth was there, there was multiple men who said that that was a handsome man. They were very okay. <laughs> they were taken aback. He's, he's a little good-looking in person. What is the uh, ratio of guys to girls there? Oh, uh, well, at, at what? At D23? Yeah. It's not that... It's not that off. It's it's pretty close to fifty fifty because it's oh, Disney. Okay, it's way more family. It's older. You know, it's not like Comic Con. Um, I mean, like I don't know. Maybe there's more guys, but it, it's more of a family thing. You know what I mean? Like most of the people coming are coming together as a family for this stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, apparently there is a scene. I just, I'm just excited to hear your opinion on this. Apparently, there's a scene in this age of uh, this Infinity, um, War. Infinity War with 64 characters in it. Oh, that's going to be terrible. <laughs> that's, that's one of the reasons, part. you know, I went to see Spider-Man. And one of the reasons I liked it so much was it was just so simple. There was just like two people. Okay, so we can we can trans we can trans this into we can move this into that. Um, but before I just want to say like the one thing about this trailer is it gave away and even I know someone doesn't know a lot a lot of endings to some upcoming Marvel movies. Okay. That like stuff that hasn't happened yet that you're like oh so that's gonna happen. All right. Um, but uh, so tell me about. Um, so I yeah, the the, uh, the last two movies that I saw in the theater were my two favorite movies of the year so far. Oh wow! Okay, the Big Sick. Uh-huh. Let's start with that. We need to like, we need Ray Romano and more more things. That's all I, I can, have to say. I can jump on that train. Uh, I heard he's he just joined the Irishman. Ray Romano. Oh really? Yeah. Oh cool. And Joe Pesci officially signed on. Awesome. So, if the, for those of you who don't know, The Irishman is the new Scorsese movie with Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Harvey Keitel, Bobby Carnavale, and now Ray Romano. It's just going to be awesome. Um, and so, it's going to be on Netflix. Well, I think they're going to release it in the theater. Oh, okay. I'm sure it'll be on Netflix, you know, because uh, The Big Sick is an Amazon movie. Oh, really? Yeah. So huh. so they've released that in the theater. It's not on Amazon yet. Um, but then I saw Spider-Man. I loved it. Thought it was awesome. It has, like, a really good script. And I, like, after the movie, I was like, oh, who, uh, who wrote the script? You know who wrote the script? Sam Weir. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, from Freaks and Geeks. Um... I thought it was very well thought out. The characters, you know, especially like Michael Keaton had like a really good meaty role in it. And had like a lot of motivation behind his character and you understood everything. Had one of my favorite scenes in a movie this year. And uh, I liked the, uh, they did a lot of kind of high school 80s type vibe. Which I enjoyed, but it also like play it played on the fact that this took place like right after Spider-Man was in that big battle and Civil War, right? And he has to go back to school, 
you know, and he's like into mathletes and shit, and he just like fought, you know, Captain America, and like he's like, why am I at school? I should be like being an Avenger and stuff. And they played up on that, and I thought it was pretty clever. A lot of the stuff. Uh, Iron Man is a presence in the movie, um, but not too much where it takes away from his character. But we'll talk more when you see it. But, yeah, I'm excited. I I hate I. It's been strongly against all Spider-Man movies up to this point, but everybody that I was with, who I trust, it was like he was the most popular character at at this thing, and and like you know, the multiple people said it's like a John Hughes movie. Yeah, it does have that feel. Well, they also say that because there's an, a literally an actual scene where they take a scene out of the uh, Ferris Bueller movie, and then he like runs past the house and they're watching Ferris Bueller okay oh I might excuse me I, I think I'm gonna go see it tomorrow morning I really do I was uh I'm, I'm excited for it um, yeah, yeah you'll, you'll enjoy it I think um, um that's cool and Good. uh a couple notes my uh you know my Facebook friend Casey who likes to talk oh, yeah he had a rough day today he was really sad he sent out a sent out a, me- a message today sad day for film buffs um, have you heard about the deaths today? No, no. George Romero died. Um, who was the creator of Night of the Living Dead? Icon- oh, okay. Iconic director. Um, and uh, Martin Landau. Oh, I know that. Okay. So both of them died today. Um, and uh, my other, my other note, quick note. Is uh, do you know what the number one viewed clip on YouTube is? Is it Gangnam Style? Well, Open Gangnam Style. You would have been right before this week. It was over. Oh, wait, you had it. Wait, you had that lined up. Yeah, I did. Did you know that I was going to say the answer? Or no, I did not know that. Okay, but it was right, over. You're a little impressed, it, right? Yeah, I, I'm a little impressed. Uh, but it was overtaken this week. Do you know what has beaten it? No. And it that that had a good run too. That Gangnam Style. Yeah, it took a couple years. Well, this is the new number one all-time watched YouTube clip. It's been a long really. Two million nine hundred twenty-six thousand one hundred eighty-one six hundred and thirty-eight views. Is it just a music video? It's the video to the Fast and the Furious movie song. Yeah, and it's the most watched thing or most watched video, music video. Most watched thing, most watched clip on you on YouTube. Wow. I'm gonna. I'm, I. I don't know if I fully trust your <laughs> your research, but I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna play along. Hey, I will forward you. It's on Hollywood Reporter. Okay. And uh, there was a whole article. I'm forwarding it to you right now, just so I can get it out there. Okay. But, uh, I, have one, I have one note. What's your note? Um, I wanted. This was a, a subject I wanted to do that we just didn't get into. Did you watch any of the McGregor Mayweather? Um, I have. It's just it's so fucking stupid. And I just like, it's, you know what it is? It's Thunder Lips and Rocky. 
Yeah. He's going to get yeah. destroyed. It's like so dumb. But whether he gets destroyed, I mean, I don't trust boxing enough to say that anyone's going to get destroyed. I'll tell you that right now. When he's, you couldn't, yeah, you couldn't get me to wager on anything in boxing. But what do you think of these things? Like, do you think that they like probably like like each other and they're coming up with stuff like this? No, I think uh, Mayweather thinks he's a joke, but he's like a pure businessman. And when we get to this documentary that we are going to talk about today, you'll see that it kind of fits in line with seeing the, the future. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, see, but he's not a good businessman because he's owes all this money in taxes. So yeah, he but he's... I, under, I understand that, but he is a brand and he knows how to, how to bring in the money. So this is like one of the reasons, one of the ways to bring in the money. So do you buy any of this stuff that then when they're like squaring up and yelling and everything they're talking to each other about, or are you like, this is a complete show? It's a show. All right, good. Me too. Um, it's silly. Yeah. But it's, I'll tell you what, I, I, like I said, I was just down with a bunch of Disney people who aren't real big sports fans, but everybody was glued to find out what happened with that. That and everyone's glued. Everyone talks about Lonzo Ball. Oh, I got Yeah, did you see him? He came out during the... You probably didn't, but he came out during the uh, playoffs of the Summer League wearing Steph Curry shoes. I did know that. I know that his shoes have been, like, the big topic of conversation. Like, dude, you're not even wearing your shoes? Um, but I was listening to Simmons talk about this. He, on a podcast, I don't know if you heard it, he was saying how he's been to, like, the Nike store before when they brought athletes, and they do, like, so much research before they fit an athlete for a shoe, like... It's all, they have them like do this whole workout and it's all scientific about how they run and they position the shoe to completely comfort their foot. And he's like, I doubt Big Baller Brand has that kind of technology. Like, if yeah. he's going to play in Big Baller Brand, he's probably going to get hurt. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but yeah, what were we talking about? Oh, so the whole thing with this Mayweather thing, too, is it's taking away from the better fight. There's another fight yeah. two weeks after that, which is the fight of the year, Triple right. G and uh, Alvarez. Yeah, which uh, is going to be awesome. Um, yeah, but it's we'll see. It'll, it'll probably be the biggest joke fight ever. And then uh, they told I, I heard they told McGregor if he throws one kick, he loses like a lot of, a lot of money off his purse. Like that's okay. that's one of the stipulations. Hey, one of the questions somebody asked was, "Can you punch someone with like the back of your like? Can you roundhouse punch?" No. Do you know that, or do you are you think that? No, you're not allowed to do that. Okay. All right. We just I, I I wasn't sure about the answer to that. So. All right, so should we move on to our next two subs? Our first subject was this D23 thing. What's next? Well, do you want to talk uh, Emmys, or do you want to talk the documentary, the HBO documentary? Um, well, I didn't see the Emmy nomination, so I'm more into this Defiant Ones thing. So let's do that. All right, Defiant so Ones. Sun so, like, last Sunday, HBO had, uh, to me... Pretty good night, because... <laughs> and then we're going to top it off tonight. Right. 
Well, yeah, because tonight's Game of Thrones as soon as we get done with this. Um, so, um, the Andy Samberg documentary. Um, mockumentary. Uh, mockumentary, yes. What is it? It was Tour de Pharmacy. Tour de Pharmacy. Now, I didn't love the last one he did about the tennis, the, the fake tennis one. Yeah, I, I thought it either. was like, eh, it's cute, it's whatever, I could give or take it. So I wasn't like all into this one, but this, I'm sorry, that was like 45 <laughs> minutes of straight jokes. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was so funny, and I'm so glad that you think so. I love the whole Orlando Bloom when he was peeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's a couple scenes. There's the guy with the aerodynamic uh, spandex that I thought was the greatest. Oh, I can yeah. see his little wiener the entire time. And then he gets into like that fight with John Cena, and he rips his clothes off, and he's just holding him up naked. Uh, John Cena was the best. Yeah, he was good. He was really good. And then I, my favorite was the Will Forte as the as the cop speaking French. And I heard an interview with Andy Samberg, and they're like, "We didn't know Will Forte spoke French." He goes, "Oh, he doesn't. That was complete gibberish." <laughs> yeah, and he was putting the thing up his butt. Oh man, that was, yeah, that was so funny. Um, and the Nathan Phil, uh, Nathan, what's his name? Um, the comedian, the Nathan for you guy. Um, oh, yeah. he's a, he's a drug tester and or he's like a head, he's in charge of busting people for drugs and they, he, part of his job is to try every drug and he says, do you want to see some artwork I made on each drug? <laughs> and so he goes into yeah. show a painting of him performing oral sex on a bear. He's like, this is me on LSD. And then he, and then he goes to the next one, and he's like, this is me on crack cocaine. It's him also doing that. And then he goes to the next one, and the roles are switched. He's like, this is me on meth. And he's like, dude, this movie is so and then, fun. And then he, and then he goes, uh, so uh, these are for sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the casting was great too. Like I like the older versions of the younger guys. Yeah. You have Dolph Lundgren, Danny Glover, John Cena. What would you say? Yeah, Danny Glover. Danny Glover is yeah, as yeah, as that guy Jackie Robinson's nephew. That he <laughs> like that's the funniest story. Jackie Robinson's nephew was tired of Jackie Robinson getting. He said he needed to try and top him, so he got into bike cycling. Yeah, he tried. No, he tried cycle. to join a sports that. He would be the only black guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is just so great. I just, nobody, nobody saw this either. I mean, I, I'm sure people saw it, but nobody, I've, I haven't talked, they don't talk to anyone back. Just, no one saw it. And all the, uh, like, like, Orlando Bloom, like, all the clips of him, like, driving the, the uh, bike off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeff Goldblum with Andy Samberg, like, oh, as, as this African... Yeah, he's from Africa. He's like, I'm doing this for Africa, but he's like, oh god, it's and everybody it's and they kept cutting to like someone in Africa saying that they hated him. Yeah, exactly. It's just like what did he? What did they say? Like he came there and like played Bob Marley. Yeah, yes. He went to a club and like said Africa and like played Bob Marley. Right, and then yeah. and then he like said all the words to the. To the the song Africa by Toto. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, 
it's just I mean that's, that's what makes it great there's just non-stop jokes like we could sit here and just like, yeah no one like even it. knows what we're but talking if, about if you haven't seen it you should totally watch it because it's really funny and nobody in it like it, it, it's just gonna get lost somewhere yeah. for whatever reason it's like a 45 minutes it's 45 minutes and it's really funny I might seriously go watch it after Game of Thrones tonight um so after that was Defiant Ones, and I think part of the reason people aren't talking about it is because the Defiant Ones, I think, and we haven't really talked much about it other than when I said that we should talk about this. Um, I had only I seen, was, like, the first, I saw the first episode and then basically binge-watched on Friday, like, all the other ones. I thought Defiant Ones was so good. I thought it was, like... If, if you're going to do something with your life, you should watch that documentary first. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. What, okay, good. It's about yeah. um, Dr. It, it's kind of like has dual stories. Yes. Um, upbringings um, of Dr. Dre from him, from where he was until where he is now. And then also one of the biggest music producers, Jimmy Iovine. Um. And his his rise, who you know, he's been with like every artist. I mean, they had him yeah. with Lady Gaga. I mean, Tom Petty. Um, anyone that's anyone that's been new, and you're like, where did this come from? Who who signed this? And like, how did this happen? He's pretty much that guy. Yeah, I mean, Stevie Nicks. Uh, not, uh, well, like, yeah, you. Um, the whole. Start, yeah. My whole. I thought the third the third one was the best to me. I think so too. If I remember, that was the whole Nine Inch Nails, and then it went into the Chronic, and then it went into Snoop Dogg, and And Tupac. The whole Nine Inch Nails thing, where basically, what's great about this documentary too, is just to see how much of a genius this guy is, and the foresight he had. Like one of the executives that he was talking to had this great thing where he said that Jimmy like came into his office and said, you're, he went up to a, like a dry erase board and like made a straight line. He goes, this is you. You need to be thinking like this. And he started scribbling up and down and making all these waves. And you see that that was basically what he did. And with the nine inch nails things, they were like signed up with this record label and they didn't want to, the record label didn't want to give them up obviously, which that guy who, was the who was interviewed and was there like other label was such yeah. a tool. Yeah, that guy was like just sitting back, like I don't, you know, he got. I, so Jimmy was like a lawsuit. Basically, if they leave and go to your label, and then you get involved in this whole like breach of contract lawsuit, that's not the way you want to go. Right. So basically, every um, every other record company was a threatening a lot to pay a lawsuit to get them to come over. And he said, we're not going to get them by doing that. We have to think outside the box. Yeah. So he said, we need to make them partners. We need yeah. to give them a piece of the action. And that's what happened. He, he, he said it, the whole thing where he spent a year in the bathroom on the phone, calling them every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> calling everyone I mean, involved every day. Right. And this is like the, the, the plot, and this is half the plot in episode, or a quarter of the plot of episode three, because it's half his plot, and then you have the whole Dr. Dre and, 
and Snoop Dogg coming up and the East Coast, West Coast, and Tupac and all that. And it's like, yeah. So first episode gets into you know the rise of NWA and, and Dr. Dre and his stuff, and then it gets into the Jimmy Iovine like Jimmy Iovine's big story is that he, he got his break. He was working with John Lennon. And then they said, who wants to come in on Easter? And he was the only person that would come in. So he got like hired and then he worked his way in through, um, with Bruce Springsteen. But he didn't know, like they just said, Hey, we need someone to work. He didn't know it was, there was like an artist of that caliber there. Right. Right. And he like shows up and it's like a beetle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then he, then he gets involved with born to run and Bruce Springsteen and, and, like just sees like what a one of my favorite things is the way he talks about Bruce and he's saying it just about everybody but he's like take Bruce Springsteen for example like he he doesn't want anything that you have he's not interested in anything you have Bruce Springsteen is completely he has blinders on he's going exactly for what it is he wants and he's going to get it you know it doesn't yeah. matter what you have it's not important to him you have nothing that he he's not for sale there's nothing you have that he wants and he said yeah he said also that you know Bruce Springsteen was like a kind of hard to work with and he like right. learned his big lesson by someone telling him it's not about you if you make it about them and the music then you will succeed yeah. You know, he's like, it's, it's, your, yeah. your, your feelings will get hurt. And you'll, you may not like the person. I think there was one, uh, who was he talking to where they did it like 250 times or something? Or was that Dr. Dre? Um, no, I think it no. was, uh, it was Jimmy. It was he like, he, he quit. No, it was you too. Yeah. It was when he was working with you too. And, um, he's like, I can't he said it. that they did it, that the tape literally wore off. It didn't work anymore because they recorded over it so many times. And he said he had to quit for a while. Yeah, yeah, he quit. That's what he quit. So like after the first, like we'll, we'll try to stop. I just want to try to do this chronologically okay. a little bit. Okay. So like after the Bruce thing, then he he moves on. You know, he gets Patty Smith and he sells. Uh, he decides to take "Because the Night" by Bruce and pair it with Patty Smith. Like forces on her, it becomes her big breakthrough song, and then. He starts working with Tom Petty for what many consider Tom Petty's best album. Yeah, and they, and they became like really good friends. Right, and then he started. Then he met Stevie Nicks and was working with her, and was hiding that from Tom Petty. And then he puts them together on a duet that goes on her album, and it blows up. And then he and Tom Petty have like a little bit of a falling out from it. Yeah, because he finds out that he was having he was hooking up with her, and he's like, "Dude, you just stole my song." Well, this was what Tom Petty's thought was like, you stole my song, gave it to her because you were like, you know, together. Right. And then this is, but as I told you, then, uh, uh, Jimmy Iovine goes, you give me this song, it'll buy you a house. <laughs> and Tom Petty says, and you know what? <laughs> so I bought a house with it. <laughs> but then he, um, they were like, it was like the whole thing about Stevie Nicks hiding in the basement. Yeah. Any time you come over? Yeah. But you know what's really cool about that is, like, Jimmy Iovine says, I like people, to me, I love being around people, like, I don't want people to be wrong, but when you can admit, like, you know, even still, he's like, 
I definitely handled that wrong, and I wish I handled that different. You know, he's not like, hey, whatever. Um, well, one of the best things happy. about this documentary was how candid everybody was. It's true, too. You know, like Dr. Dre was talking about that, like, incident in the club where he punched the girl. Yeah, so that's like episode two, right? Now we're getting there like that, right? But, you know, he wasn't, he didn't shy away from talking about it. Nope. And he, I mean, it was, yeah, it was really good. And then the other cool thing about it is you have a scene where he's like apologizing for something like that. And then they cut to him in deep thought, like on a yacht in the middle of like the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. like this beautiful like scenery. I don't know. Um, and then you get into like the U2 stuff. Like it's basically like every, all of our favorite stuff. So like, you know, he goes on tour with U2 and does the under, he, he talks him into doing Under Blood Red Sky, which is like one of the first albums I think I ever listened to as a kid. And, um, and then doing the movie. And doing Rattle and Hum and that whole thing. And you're right. And that's when I almost broke him and he, and he took a break. Um, that's much of what episode two and then episode three we went into and then you have the first 10 minutes of episode four you gotta admit that was pretty amazing with the Eminem stuff the whole career Eminem's career yeah that well, is like that I, I is love awesome. the last episode too because it just showed for it I think it went from Eminem to 50 Cent to like Lady Gaga to Kendrick it started just showing all these people that just were the best and part no of doubt, the, no, yeah. I think no doubt to the beginning when he's like you're, you're six years away you, you give me six years and, and you're gonna be you're gonna be famous and she's like it literally took six years yeah I love that uh, whole old vid, old footage of her yeah when, when she was like yeah. 15, 18 years old or 19 years old she looks so different uh, hell yeah to see sure. where she is now you know it's crazy right all right, so going back to four, sorry, you're saying... Sorry. My favorite part of that Eminem thing was, okay, so they start doing the beat stuff, where Dr. Dre starts becoming a businessman. He may not be so focused on his music, and, uh, you know, Eminem starts coming up, and he starts, like, putting all the beats in all the videos, and Eminem's, Eminem's like, I fucking hate beats. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, but then the funny part was, is he was like, he's like, every time I'm doing a video, the guy's like, hey, throw a woman in a, in a, in a tub and put some beats on it. And uh, he's like, I, I hated it so much, but I didn't see. He's like, I didn't have the wherewithal to like think ahead. And then the next thing you know, they sell the thing for $3.2 billion. Yeah. You know, and that whole he, thing, that the whole beats thing is it's like the underlying thing that's happening this is where they need become or they become these multi-billionaire partners together yeah and so like that's you know that's all part of the story um the other thing that is really interesting about the Eminem stuff is uh how much dr dre put on the line to get Eminem. yeah because he was he had a string of like basically horrible like albums that didn't sell and he right. put he put so much money into them, and they said that he was like, like I can't imagine that he's he said he was like almost financially ruined from it, but I find that hard to believe. Sure. But once, you know, once Eminem came in, it just opened up a whole thing, and then it just skyrocketed to the chronic two thousand one and where they were all together. 
but like the fact that like they didn't want to sign him and then they're like this isn't what we want you know and he goes Jimmy Iovine and, and Jimmy Iovine was kind of like if this is if you think this is it and he's like I put everything on the line they can sign this guy he comes in and in three minutes I put a beat on and he does like my name is and he's like it was like one one take and it was like oh my god and I love that they and had Eminem, the video Eminem's like dude Eminem's like dude I had to come in he's like to me I I just was like this is like one of my heroes and I'm not gonna waste a single second you know it's just a certain brand of people throughout this whole and they document. had the video of like his first like time in the studio which you know it could have not been but um, it felt like it when he was telling the story how Eminem just busted out and like his lyrics and just made it all up right there on the spot. Um, yeah. So good. I'm so glad. I wasn't sure that how you felt about it. You didn't, you didn't give me any hints. Um, I thought it was, uh, that was amazing. A, a really interesting documentary. And, and I really think if, if you're someone who lacks motivation in your life or doesn't know how to take the next step in whatever it is you want to do, I, I mean, it, it, it's, I, I found it very motivational. If I found it like, like okay, that's that's what it takes to be successful. Like watch that, yeah, you know. So, um, so yeah, it was just so. If you if you haven't seen a four part series on HBO, Defiant Ones, um, good stuff. All right. Um, so yeah, we definitely recommend that, and maybe that will be nominated for Emmys next year. See now that's a, that's a good transition. I know what you're doing right now. <laughs> uh, so the Emmy nominations came out, and the one show that wasn't nominated was uh, the New Edition show, which a lot of people a lot of people thought I was going to get nominated. It's the was, most, it, was it? I never saw it. Was it good? I only saw the first night, but uh, it's supposedly like one of the most su- successful shows that BET's ever done. What? you want to explain to people why you're talking about that? Well, I worked on it. And it was, okay. a, it was a long battle, that one. So um, I was glad to see it do well. And now they're making a Bobby Brown one. They're doing right. a spinoff. Um, but anyway, so the nominations came out. You didn't, uh, you didn't see them. I've not seen them. I feel like... The nominate Emmy nominations are for shows that happened like two years ago. Interesting. Like, I feel like we've or any time every time I see the Emmy nominations, I feel like they've already happened. But uh, we're just going to talk about the um, so Game of Thrones is not on here because it wasn't planned. Okay. So uh, there's a lot of there's open. It's open. Um. So for drama series, we got Better Call Saul. Okay. The Crown. Handmaid's Tale. House of Cards. Stranger Things. This Is Us and Westworld. This Is Us and Westworld. No leftovers, huh? No, I don't think Westworld should be nominated. Oh, I don't either. I don't think I know anybody that thinks Westworld should be nominated. What else are we missing there? Did you look up any snubs and stuff? No, I did not. Um, I haven't seen Handmaid's Tale. I'm, I'm, I've, never, I've never seen House of Cards. Um, 
Stranger Things is like the momentum thing. See, that's what I'm talking about. Stranger Things 2 is already starting up in like October. And this is coming out September, I think the nominate or the Emmys are September 17th. So it's like, it's been a while since these shows have been on the air. Sure. Um, what about... I like The Crown. That should be nominated. Yeah, I agree. No Americans, which is... I, I, don't, I stopped watching. No, I didn't... I just haven't caught up with it yet, but that usually always is nominated. And I love Better Call Saul. How, no Fargo? No Fargo. But okay. there is a nomination for Fargo. Uh, All right, well, we'll, we'll get there. Okay. We're just staying right at... Uh, okay. So best uh, comedy series. Best what? So which one do you think out of that one is going to win? Who is it again? Just, Better Call Saul, Crown, Handmaid's Tale, House of Cards, Stranger Things. This is us in Westworld. Well, I think probably... I think The Crown, everybody loved it. Um but it has been some time, so it may lose some. Everybody loves This Is Us. Yeah. And I think I think people want network television to be good. So if a network television show could win Best Drama over all of those cable shows and subscription shows, I think that would, that would mean a lot. So I, I don't mean to make my pick on that, but I think... Because I think it's the best. I really do like This Is Us. It's it's, it's good. Um, but for those reasons I just said, I don't know. Um, yeah, I like This Is Us. I think, uh, I mean, I want Better Call Saul to win, but I don't think it'll beat. Uh, I think uh, I think The Crown might win. Yeah. Um, you never know. These things sometimes like, you know, something like The Handmaid's Tale. I don't watch The Handmaid's Tale. I would like to. Uh, I just have not gotten around to it yet. Yeah. Oh, it was, we had a funny joke today. So one of the things, and this is this goes to that, like, um, we had a PA working with us who's a friend, and she's very much into, she's very pro woman. Uh, also, like to say, most of the people I worked with do not like do not like Wonder Woman. I just want to say that. Um, okay. A lot of people point out a lot of plot problems with that. Uh, anyway, um, but so she, they were covering a panel called. Um, like, you know, like the women's path, like the women's career in retrospective in in uh, Disney or something. And the guy who's producing got to know her pretty well, and he said, uh, "We're gonna we're we're gonna cover that panel, but we're only going to the first half. So you have to go and listen to them talk about all the suffering that the women <laughs> had to go through, and then we're leaving." <laughs> <laughs> They did announce today. They did announce today that the first Doctor Who is being played by a woman. Okay, um, I'm so, not a Doctor Who fan, so I can't get up in arms about things. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not, also an adult, I'm, so I don't get up in arms about yeah. television show. I'm not a Doctor either. Who fan, but I've seen it a couple of times, and I understand the. Uh, it's really big in British television. Obviously, it's like one of the uh, big things. But uh, all right, so comedy okay. series. So, wait, so who did you pick to win that one right now? Crown. Okay. All right. So uh, would comedy? Let's do comedy. All right. Atlanta. Blackish. Okay. okay. Master of None. Modern Family. I can't believe Modern Family is still getting nominated. Silicon Valley. Oh, good. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Veep. 
Okay. So we got um, some, we got some good stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling Atlanta's probably going to win. You, that what? Atlanta is going to win. Um. Okay. Uh, I I always think Veep's going to win stuff like that. All right. So uh, yeah, Modern Family should not be on there. It's not funny. It hasn't been funny in three years. Four uh, years. I agree, but all right. Um. All right. So we got actress. Best actress. Oh, in- you know what's not on there? Insecure. I don't watch Insecure, but that's like, I thought for sure that would be on there. People like that. Yeah. Okay. All right, what's next? Um, Drama. Best actress in a drama. We got Viola Davis. Claire right. Foy from The Crown. Elizabeth Moss, Handmaid's Tale. Carrie Russell, The Americans. Evan Rachel Wood. And Robin Wright. For Westworld? Yeah. And what was the last one? Robin Wright for House of Cards. Oh, she's always she's always nominated. Um, who? Okay, who? Who's who? We missing there? I don't know what's considered uh, like a miniseries anymore, and what's like regular. Like, how does Terry Coon not get nominated for The Leftovers or Fargo? That girl is like awesome. Yeah, she just didn't have much of a. She, her role was too small in Fargo. Okay, I haven't finished Fargo yet, so... Um, no Winona Ryder. No, Winona Ryder. Oh, maybe she gets supporting actress. I don't know. We're, we're, we haven't, we're not there yet. Okay, all right. Um, so, actor in a drama. Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us. All right. Anthony Hopkins. Which he should not be in it. No. Bob Odekirk. That's just Hopkins uh, did television, so we owe him an Emmy. Yeah. Bob Odeker. Great. Matthew Reese, The Americans. Leave Shriver, Ray Ray Donovan. Oh come on! All right. Kevin Spacey. No, gets nominated. I don't understand. I keep going. <laughs> Kevin Spacey, and this is and uh, Milo from. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. From This Is Us. Oh, cool. Uh, um, I, I I like that. I like Bob Odeker. I thought this season of Better Call Saul was so good, and I hope he. Yeah, works. I agree. It was awesome. Again, I am I'm a big leftovers guy. I'm kind of bummed. No, um, uh, Justin Thoreau. Also, I don't care if you think you know billions is what it is, but no, um, Giamatti kind of bums me out. I like he's so good on that show. Yeah. Even though it's kind of a soap opera show, it's like no, he's he's awesome. So is uh, you know, so is House of Cards. It's like a big soap opera. Yeah. Um. All right. What's next? Um. All right. So we got comedy actor Anthony, okay. Anthony Anderson for Blackish. Aziz Ansari. Uh, for Master of None, Zach Galifianakis, Braskets. Who the hell watches that show? It's terrible. <laughs> Donald Glover from Atlanta, William H Macy, Shameless, and Jeffrey Tambor, Transparent. God, like they, it's always it's, the same people. It's the same. It's the same, except for Donald Glover's getting. A, I wish I had more in front of me so I could like. I wish I had researched who I thought got left off. I'm trying to think of anybody. But, alright, whatever. Has Ray Romano done anything? Because I'd put him in there. 
he was in um, he was in that movie vinyl. about the 70s rock band, uh, rock label with Bobby Cannavale yeah vinyl it was terrible yeah. um, but he was good yeah he, that was Scorsese Scorsese's bringing them back okay. um, bringing both of those guys they're both in the Irishman um, comedy actress Pamela Aldlon Better Things which I like that show that's the Louis C.K. show. Okay. Um, Tracy Ellis Ross from Blackish, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Allison Janney Mom, which another show I can't believe people watch. Uh, Ellie Kemper and Julie Louise Dreyfus. Who's Ellie Kemper? Oh, from Kim Jimmy Schmidt. Schmidt. All right. So um, Julie Louise Dreyfus is probably going to win again. Well, actually, Tracy Ellis Ross won last year, right? I think she won. Okay, I, I don't know. Well, no. She won the Golden Globe or something. I don't know. Yeah, there's too many of those things. All right, so limited series. Oh, no uh, no Issa Rae from Insecure also. That's interesting. No. no one from Girls. Nope. No no best comedy for girls either. Interesting. Okay. All right, so limited series. Uh, Big Little Lies, Fargo. Few... Wait, before we get wait, before we get into that, can we? What about like best supporting? Okay, supporting actor in a drama series, John Lithgow, The Crown, which he's probably gonna win. Right, Jonathan Banks. Oh, nice from Better Call Saul. Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> Whatever. Michael Kelly from House of Cards. David Harbor, who was the Stranger Things. He was the uh, the sheriff. Who, oh, okay. uh, that was a big surprise. Ron Cephas Jones, who was the dad who died. Uh, what? Uh, this Is Us. Oh. Um, sorry for the spoiler. Jeffrey Wright for Westworld. Wait a second. I haven't watched the last episode of This Is Us. Well, you know he's going to die. He's cancer, for Christ's sake. Okay. Oh, yeah. And who was the last one? Jeffrey Wright, Westworld. Oh, yeah, he's good, but... Hold on a sec. Who we know Michael McKeon? Nope. That's insane. That guy, I mean, you can say whatever you want, but that guy might be putting on the best performance in that show. Yeah. That's bizarre. No, uh, no Ed Harris? No Ed for, Harris. For Westworld? Nope. No. I mean, not that I think anything from that should be definitely, okay. All right, best supporting actress... We're trying to get through this real quick. Best right. Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. Uh, two ladies from Handmaid's Tale, which we don't know who they are. Uh, well, we know who they are, but we and, don't watch it, so yeah, we can't and, comment. And Dowd and Samira Wiley. Um, Uza Duba from Orange is the New Black. She's always nominated. Your favorite, Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, I'm not anti-Millie Bobby Brown. I'm just not... Chrissy Metz from This Is Us. And, oh, good. And Fandy Newton, who should win. Westworld. Yeah, yeah, she's really good, you're right. Yeah. She was awesome. Um, oh. Best Supporting Actor, comedy series, Alec Baldwin, Saturday Night Live. Real whoa, all right. Louis Anderson, Baskets, a show that no one watches. <laughs> Ty, Ty Burrell, Modern Family. Titus Burress, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, 
Tony Hale and Matt Walsh from Veep. Matt Walsh, okay. I love Tony Hale. He's so yeah. he's so freaking funny, man. Um, so supporting actress in a comedy series, three Saturday Night Saturday Night Live people: Kate McKinnon, Vanessa Bear, and Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. Yep, Anna Chumsky for Veep. Judith okay. Light, Judith Light, and Catherine Hahn from uh, uh, Transparent. All right, let's do your limited series. All right, yeah, we're almost done here. So I then, know it's too hard because I, I really wish yeah. I could look over. So, I just noticed though that the the person from Billions is not nominated. Oh, the he she. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, so limited series: Big Little Lies, Fargo, Feud, The Night of, and Genius. Pretty pretty uh, good pretty good us. Uh, yeah. I didn't see Genius, but that's pretty. That's like a murderer's row of television, right there. Yeah, I didn't see Feud or Big Little Lies. I saw Fargo and Night Up. I need to watch Gosh. Big Little Lies. Oh, so Fargo's not nominated because it's okay. It's limited. Got you. Uh, so limited series best actor: Riz Ahmed, Benedict Cum- awesome. Benedict Cumberbatch from Sherlock, Robert De Niro from The Wizard of Lies. Which I don't think anyone watched that. Ewan McGregor, Forga, Jeffrey Rush, Genius, and John Turturro, The Night of. Oh, he was so good too. I'm all in on The Night of. Oh, I, okay. I yeah. think John Turturro was the best. Yeah. He was so great. All right. And then the last one limited series actress, Carrie Coon, Fargo. Oh, you just said she wasn't in it enough to get nominated. Oh, I guess she is. She got nominated. Lo, me hold. Felicity Huffman, American Crime. Nicole Kidman, Big Little Lies. Jessica Lange and Susan Sarandon for Feud. And Reese Witherspoon for Big Little Lies. I was wondering who would get it for Big Little Lies. I just kind of assumed they'd all get it because they're all so good in that movie. God, that show. Who do you vote for on that one? Well, you don't even watch any of the stuff that's the best on there. That's true. You gotta watch that stuff. I gotta watch Big Little Lies. Um, I think probably I might go Nicole Kidman. She was so good in that. Um, but I loved Feud. Um, Jessica Lange in Feud is like unbelievable. Nice. That's good. That's good stuff. All right. I'll do a quick uh, supporting actor and actress. Um, well, you know what? I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I'm just going to pick out some people that were nominated. So David Thewlis from Fargo, who played the bad guy. He's good. Yeah, he was good in it. He also played the bad guy in uh, Wonder Woman. Um, or one of the bad guys. Um, Michael K. Williams, The Night Of. Okay. Alexander Skarsgård. I don't know if I agree with that because his character kind of comes in and changes the show to make it worse, but go ahead. Alexander Skarsgård for Big Little Lies. Good for him because that was tough. You haven't seen it, but that was tough. Go ahead. And uh, so, yeah. So that's a couple of the uh, actors. Supporting actress is uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer for Wizard... The Wizard of Lies. Shaylee Woodley. Oh, good. 
Yeah, so she got a supporting actress. Okay. I don't know if she's a supporting actress. I think they just could nominate the whole cast for... <laughs> uh, Laura Dern, Big Little Lies. Good. She's awesome in that, too. Okay. Judy Davis and Jackie Hoffman in Feud. I'm uh, trying to think of who they were. It's fine. Whatever. No Catherine Zeta-Jones. She was okay. No, that's it. All right. Nice. Um, there is one... Um, episode of TV that I think was nominated. I think I posted it on my Facebook page, but do you haven't, have you watched the, um, uh, Black Mirror? Um, not full. No, I only think I watched the first two episodes. Okay. So the Black Mirror episode, San Junipero, which I think is probably top, two or three episodes of TV this year. All right. Um, it's in this, this, you can just go and watch that episode. It's season three, I think episode four or something. Uh, that got nominated for a couple things and that should win hands down. I mean, you should, for those of you who haven't seen it for the four people that are listening, go on, yeah. Net, go on Netflix and, uh, watch that episode. It's, Fantastic. You don't have to watch. You don't have to watch Black Mirror chronologically, right? No, you don't. You don't. It, no. It's basically about um, Black Mirror is basically just short stories that deal with technology and future in the future, um, and how people's daily lives are uh, affected by it. Um, gotcha. While we're on, while we're talking about fans, I'm looking up. Oh, we've got two. We got two emails. Wow, this is happening live. This is happening live. Jared Clayton writes, I just now got around to Bloodline Podcast. Thanks for helping me close the loop. I can't get through season two. Keep up the good work, guys. I love the banter. And All right. Then, and then he, uh, he wrote yeah, a couple days ago, Mike and the Mad Dog, Thanks to my friends at the Armchair Network, I knew about the new 30 for 30 that came out last on last night. Liked it. Didn't know much about these guys before last night. You guys are great when you do the lists. I think you should do your favorite pro wrestlers. And then he wrote, never teach the Wu-Tang. Oh, that's a, that's a good sign-off. Um, he knows. Did you see the Mike and the Mad Dog? He needs to diversify his portfolio. What? Did you watch Mike and the Mad Dog? No, I haven't seen it yet. All right, we'll talk about it when he said. I mean, it, I, I had to be, I started this thing on Thursday, and that's when it aired. I saw part of it in my hotel room, and I was like, I don't want to just watch part of it. I want to want to sit down with it. I feel like we talked about everything that was in the documentary. Without, oh, knowing, really? without knowing it, okay. like all of our research, we're like, oh, well, this is in a... I feel like I've seen it. <laughs> we did too well, much research. <laughs> All right. First well, time I've uh, ever been we've ever been accused of that. Thanks for uh, being yeah, thanks, our only guys. human. Our, Thank you, Jared Clayton, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks, Jared, for being our only human uh, email, other than Andy from Google. That was great. That was great. <laughs> I'm so happy that you said that. I'm like so. That was awesome. All right. Well, um, uh, 
we'll uh, touch base later. I think we're going to be on the phone next week, too. Mm, yeah, next week's Comic-Con. So I'll, I'll do my best to report live from that. All right. Cool. All right, buddy. Later.